This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Well, I mean, this is the start of one. Uh, I mean, we, we got Coach Reed, we got Trav, we got a great defense, we got a lot of young players. Um, and everybody says three is a dynasty. We got three, and we're not going to stop there. We're going to keep rolling. And I hope Coach comes back for you as well. Oh, Coach is going to be back. I, I, he's not leaving until he lets me know way in advance, and he hasn't let me know. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. That the voice, of course, a former Chicago Bears quarterback and Sirius XM NFL radio host Jim Miller uh, interviewing, uh, you know, Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes after the game. What are my guys? 700 like, friends in Las Vegas. Th- yeah, this is this is what happens when like when you produce a radio show for someone for a long time, like I did for Mills. Is I haven't like I saw him in person last week. All I do is hear like a, one second of his voice. Well, oh yeah, there's Mills on the field with Patrick Mahomes after the game you know, for Millie. NFL radio. Uh, Old Miller. The, the, yeah. No, the great. Like one of the one of the best human beings on the planet is former Bears quarterback. Oh, by the way, it was Tom Brady's backup when they beat the Eagles in two thousand four. Oh. Uh, so as a super, as a Patriots, I, don't think super I remember Bowl, that. Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. Know if I Brady's that one. Brady's direct backup for what is that Super Bowl uh, thirty nine in two thousand four. All right. Uh, we will get back to our breakdown of Super Bowl 58. Time flies when you're having fun. Coming up in cool. just a little bit. Rick Camp will join us. Jason Sobel will join us. We will uh, start talking about next season in the National Football League. Can the Niners get back to hashtag the big game? What about Kansas City? Yeah, spoiler alert, probably, because they have the best quarterback ever. All our bets for tonight coming up at the end of the show. But this is a true story. Ken and I this morning texting with our executive producer, Alex Fasano, about like who do we want to have on as guests for today. And I said, look, like the one guy that I think we have to get on is Eric Eager from Sumer Sports, who was in person with us uh, on Radio Row on Wednesday last week for two segments. Because Eric not only will be able to give us, and like other guests can do this also, I just think Eric's really good at it, not just perspective on Super Bowl 58, the game that we watched last night, but spinning it forward to what we'll see coming up in the future here in the National Football League. Uh, check out the Sumer Sports Football Show with Eric Hosts, along with uh, former Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov, and follow him on Twitter at Eric Eager underscore. Double E, welcome back to You Better You Bet. It's Nick and Ken. Uh, also, Eric's very tall, in case people didn't know. How's it going? Congratulations <laughs> to your Chiefs. Well, Ken's also tall. That that was one part where you yeah. just never know in person that who who is what size you know like i i sit in my in the podcast making dimitrov and i look the same height when we're about a foot difference um so yeah, yeah welcome, we, welcome to television yeah that's what i used to have to stand on like a box when i used to do segments with brady quinn yes <laughs> all that height didn't help brady miss the safety though um oh come on are, brady's they, a great guy no he's a he's a good guy um no, it was such an interesting game, right? There were so many times I texted my friends, I think this game is over. I don't think they can overcome this. And, uh, man, Steve Spagnolo, you know, coached 
his way out of a paper bag. Uh, I think Shanahan coached his way into one at the end of the game. Uh, I think that uh, Brock Purdy was mostly good, uh, which I think a lot of people who expected the Chiefs to win thought that he had to play like something of a pumpkin for that to happen. Uh, and for the most part, I thought the Chiefs offense kind of reverted back to a lot of the BS that they did all year. But uh, at the end, you can't really write a script that has MBS and McCole Hardman scoring the two touchdowns that helped them win a game. So it was an incredible finish to a, a really weird season, frankly. Eric, uh, I agree with you on the weird season part. Anything about the betting market, I don't want you to be like results oriented here necessarily, but I do kind of want you to be a little bit just because it's kind of interesting to look back at this Chiefs run. Mahomes is axed after the game about being an underdog. He's like, oh, we're like, we're not an underdog to anybody or like we never will be or whatever. And he was an underdog three times. And just how this betting market functioned that there was, you know, at each step of the postseason, a ton of interest in betting against Mahomes for a lot of money from people that are really smart, like people that are smarter than we are, and that they showed up to the window every time to bet against this guy. And honestly, like we're, we're wrong three times and I'm wrong a lot too, but like in this high profile situation, like they went against Mahomes and, and they got burned. Like what, what was kind of most interesting to you? I mean, this could be a postseason market thing too, but just the way the Super Bowl market worked and that that's kind of the market we end up with. Yeah, I mean, it, it's important to point out that a lot of these games are one or two plays away from the other event, especially when you're talking about when the Chiefs are underdogs, other than the Ravens game, when they were probably going to cover no matter what happened just because the spread was so big. You look at the Buffalo game, you look at this past Super Bowl, they were a player two away from not even covering the number, let alone winning. Um, so that that's kind of it, – it's it's a lot of randomness. Let, let's be honest. Missed field goal against the Bills – uh, you know, Spagnolo calls a, a great blitz by McDuffie when the Niners could have basically kicked, you know, run out the clock, kicked the field goal, and ended the game yesterday. A lot of it's that. I think some of it, though, is that the Chiefs are kind of the quintessential team at getting the more than the sum of the parts. Patrick Mahomes this year pressured on 38 35.8% of dropbacks, the highest of his career. Time to throw was three seconds, highest of his career. Average depth of target, 6.9 yards, lowest of his career. He had, he only had two receivers all year with over 500 yards in the regular season. Neither one had 1,000 yards or more. So if you looked at season-long statistics and you really didn't have you, – you didn't look at who the teams were, you were probably betting against the Chiefs. And, and I think they rationally so. It's just that – you know, and the 538 had this issue with the with the Cavs and their public models when LeBron was was doing so well with them. You know, some players, you know, they end up being more than the sum of the parts at the right time. And I think that Kansas City was that. And defensively, other than Jones, I don't think that there are any players on the Chiefs defense that going into this year were considered blue chip players by anybody. And yet the defense as a whole, second in the NFL in scoring. And I think it, that's hard compared to a team like the Ravens, who or have first-round pick after first-round pick after first-round pick on that defense. The Chiefs only had two top 20 players in the draft on their whole team, and two of them, Blaine Gabbert and Kadarius Toney, didn't even play yesterday. So, Eric, I have to ask another question just because you're, like, a very mathematically and analytically driven person. And even I – and, like, I, you much more than I am. Even I think people think of me as, like, the numbers guy on the show. But when I, like, handicap these games, especially these Chiefs games, there's a part of me that just wants to, like, X out of everything – and just be like, look, like I, I can't account for this guy. I can't. 
Like, I can't do it. He's too good. And in two, you bring up, like, a play here, a play there. But, like, it's remarkable that in all of those situations, save for, like, two, and one of them was against Brady, like, well, two of them were against Brady, and one of them was against Burrow, they go his way, and there's been dozens of them. So, like, that has to mean something at some point, I, I think. Or, or you could argue it's randomness, I guess. Like, is there a part of you that when you have a game with, like, you know, the Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan of a sport in it, and you make numbers for that game, don't you, don't you kind of have to put the thumb on the scale like a little bit when you're figuring this stuff out with this guy? It's so crazy because, yes, I mean, people who were numbers-based betters or, you know, model-based betters lost their shirts betting against Belichick and Brady for all those years. And the weird part about the Mahomes-Reed era is from about the middle of 2020 on, they've been well below 500 against the spread. So it's not even like, regular season for them the same way you almost have to have a different thumb on the scale in the regular season than you do the postseason and so it's even worse than what we've ever seen because at least with Brady the Patriots were a covering machine weeks one through 21 and now the Chiefs are kind of a team that are kind of they, they punch below expectations relative to the point spread almost the whole year and um and yet at the same time when it comes to playoff time expectations get reordered and they end up exceeding those late. So it is really weird. And I, I generally speaking, like don't really, I don't like making numbers on chiefs games because of what you just said, where, you know, if you, I always think if I'm on the chief side, I'm always like accusing myself internally of being a Homer. Um, but if you're on the other side, of course, uh, you've probably never looked sillier in the playoffs over the past four or five years. You better, you better here with Nick and Ken. Magnificent Football Monday following Super Bowl 58. Breaking down the big game, spinning it forward with our friend Eric Eager from Super Sports on Twitter at Eric Eager underscore. Eric, uh, another like soul-crushing Super Bowl loss for San Francisco. Three now in 11 years. Uh, two coached in the last four, obviously, by Kyle Shanahan. This is the first one, though, with Brock Purdy. As you start to project the 49ers moving forward, and there's some discourse happening, like, as we speak right now, that the Chiefs may have kind of, like, solved Purdy, a la what Belichick did to Jared Goff in the Super Bowl when Goff was the Rams quarterback a Maybe couple of years Ravens ago. And, and what the Ravens did, correct, yeah, on Christmas night um, in San Francisco. When you project San Francisco forward now, is this like, like, where is the window? Ajar? Open shut for the San Francisco 49ers with this current constitution of the team moving forward. Yeah, the current markets, which aren't taking big limits, are have them favored. We at Sumer Sports have them a little less favored. Um, and there's been money on the Chiefs today. Uh, I've noticed that have pushed them down from you know 15 to two to 13 to two in some places, uh, which has been uh, you know a, a thing. Um, I think their window, guys, is like one year. Purdy is on the third year. You know, either they're going to have to pay him or he's going to suck next year. Either way that that's going to be a pivot point. Um, they have five players who are not quarterbacks who are going to make 20 million AP or 20 million against the cap next year. They're 3 million over, which means that they either have to move on from guys like Williams, Kittle, uh, Hargrave, guys like that, or they have to basically write extensions that prorate more money into the future, which again means that guys like Trent Williams and so forth are going to be on the team once they're aged out and not as good anymore. And this was already a team that lacked depth, as we saw in the secondary offensive line and to a lesser extent defensive line, which I thought they played terrifically yesterday uh, on the defensive line. So it's probably one year. I think that one year before Ayuk's deal is up, one year before Purdy needs to get an extension of some sort, and one year where they're still going to be paying 
a 10 football players more than 10 or 15 million dollars to play for them and that's the rookie quarterback window and once that that closes you either have to find another quarterback which is almost always a coin flip as to whether or not he's going to be good enough to run the offense or you have to pay him which is another probably less than coin flip that he's going to be effective once you have to pay him and not other players around him so this was a devastating loss for the 49ers like there's no way to sugarcoat it this would they were the best team in the nfl in the point spread market all year and this was an opportunity to win one uh when their chief competitors namely the chiefs Bengals. Uh, Ravens, all of them were either called lower than expected or were underachieving like the Chiefs were this year. 30 seconds for this answer here. Is Brock Purdy the guy, capital T, capital G, or is San Francisco going to think, you think they're going to move on from him after the season? I don't think so. I think that they're going to explore different options at the position after 2024. So, like, like wow. most likely starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers week one 2025 season. Is someone currently not on the roster? You would make that the favorite in the market? Or Brock Purdy onto the fourth year of his deal without an extension. Okay. Whew. What if he's off an MVP season and everybody finally gives him one? Uh, I want to ask you, uh, we only got a couple minutes left, Eric, but about the Chiefs and a similar question. They're sort of like competing narratives. I feel like at the start of the year, it was – oh, well, like last year was the rebuild and now this year they're going to like just dominate because they have they were able to, you know, get players on defense and everything. And then as the year went on and they underperformed, now they win and it's like, well, now the league's really in trouble because they're going to go get a wide receiver. It's like, what? Like, what? Like, I thought the defense was great. Like, I thought actually this is way better than some of the teams that he's had before. Where where do you put, like the Mahomes window is going to be every year that he plays until he gets to a certain age. So like the window goes forever. But like, how do you contextualize this Chiefs team with maybe what we might see next year, let's say in about a minute? Yeah, so they're 24 million under, but LeJarius Seed and Chris Jones, two of their best players are free agents. Um, they need a wide receiver. They need a left tackle. They were able to get by without them this year. I think what you're going to see is some restructures. I think what you're going to see is one of Snead or Jones leaving uh, because they simply can't afford everybody. Mahomes is the first player in NFL history to win a Super Bowl with the largest cap hit in the NFL. And so to do that, you have to make tough decisions. I think they're going to make a tough decision, which is going to reduce their defense. Now, can they go out and get a wide receiver? They almost have to. I think that they look at this year as a a, a good good to learn from season even though they won the Super Bowl, there's a lot of things to learn from them. It's amazing. Like, like we learn a lot this year. What'd you do? Won the Super Bowl. It's like, it, it, that's right. just the greatness. The, great, the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I want to close with this, Eric. Totally subjective question. Do you think Kyle Shanahan will ever win a Super Bowl as a head coach in the National Football League? I think so. I would say, though, so conditional, he wins one. I think With it's San Francisco a coin... or somewhere else also. That's what I'm saying. I think it's a coin flip that it's somewhere else. I think it's Dungy, Andy Reid type where he might leave San Francisco and he's not the problem, much like Dungy wasn't the problem in Tampa Bay. Andy Reid wasn't the problem in Philly. He's a great coach, but they need a different voice, and he goes somewhere else and wins the Super Bowl. I think that that's perfectly possible for Kyle. Better head coach, Kyle Shanahan or Andy Reid? 30 seconds. Andy Reid is the better coach. And I think now if you look at his ability, what he's accomplished without Mahomes versus what Belichick's accomplished without Brady, you have to start asking some questions. What, what questions? I mean, 
He's he's halfway there. And I think Andy Reid's closer Whoa. to Bill Belichick than he is to other people. Yeah. Okay. I ride Mahomes' coattails all, right. all the way yeah. to the finish line. That's good. Yeah. I, I, I actually think, Eric, and maybe this could be a conversation for another time, I actually think we've entered into a – and, like, Reed's a first ballot Hall of Famer, obviously. Yeah. I actually think Kyle Shanahan has become underrated as a result of the results of some of these big games. And I've criticized him a lot. I think he's now underrated and not the reason they lost. Uh, Eric, we appreciate it, buddy. Coming on all season. We look forward to doing this in the offseason at Eric Eager underscore Sumer Sports. Enjoy the Kansas City victory, my friend. Stay well, and we'll catch up with you down the line. You guys are the best. Take care, fellas. Eric Eager joining us here on You oh, That was great. Hey, he's, I got to tell you, he's like, he's, he's maybe on the Mount Rushmore at this point. Uh, more breakdown to Super Bowl 58 on the other side.